0: Vice President Mike Pence, firearms, silent genocide, and '60s hitmaker Dennis Stefano perform. That's Trey Corley of the Music City Connection, and I'm your announcer Keith Gilbert, and now. I'm
1: We've got a lively bunch of people in this audience tonight, and we're so happy that you have joined us. Now, in tonight's show, I'm gonna be visiting with Vice President Mike Pence, but the interview was taped before the president's trip to Europe, where it ended with the widely panned press conference with Russian President Putin. So we obviously didn't cover those events, but I will. (laughs) Though condemned for his tough talk to NATO, President Trump has actually gotten some results by openly and publicly criticizing European nations who gained the most by NATO, being protected, but basically being deadbeats and freeloaders who didn't pay even what they promised, and instead let those of us in the U.S. pick up the tab. Well, that is until President Trump, the U.S. might as well have stood for us suckers. Was he gentle and diplomatic in shaming our allies to stop their free feeding at the trough? Not even a little bit. But the results are encouraging. While most of the slacker nations are now agreeing to put their money where their miserly, mealy mouths have been. Oh, and in the UK, the president was as straightforward in public as in private with Prime Minister Theresa May. She has the responsibility to get the UK out of the European Union due to the Brexit election. But she seems about as happy to do it as Hillary was to sit on the stage watching Donald Trump sworn in as president. (laughs) The net result is that the U.S. and the U.K. continue as strong allies and the groundwork is being laid for good, strong trade agreements to flourish. And while at Windsor Castle, the president did not spill his tea on the rug while chatting with Queen Elizabeth, which his critics felt he was sure to do. But the one big question that we didn't have answered was why the queen has always carried that large purse on her arm. What's in that thing? I mean, it's not like she's gotta carry a driver's license or credit cards or coins for parking meters. My gosh, she's surrounded by people who will fetch any and everything she needs. I'm convinced that bag is full of Snickers bars. And every time she has to sit through some boring event or give that queenly wave of hers, just before she gets all grumpy, she digs out a Snickers and puts on her happy queen face. Now, when the president went to Helsinki for the meeting with Russian President Putin, We weren't privy to their extended private meeting, but we were witnesses to a less than stellar press conference, which was admittedly not the president's best public performance. The resounding criticism, even from his friends, resulted the next day in his admitting that he misspoke and does in fact trust our intel agencies. But a couple of observations. We don't know what was said behind closed doors, but let's be clear, Putin is a thug. The Russians did try to meddle in our elections. They murdered people on the streets of London, and they shouldn't be trusted for even directions to a Walmart. But there is no evidence, none, that they changed the outcome of the election or even one vote. And there's no evidence that candidate Trump colluded with the Russians. And so far, President Trump has been far tougher on the Russians than any American president since President Reagan. He expelled their diplomats. He's busted their energy exports, which is the biggest blow to their economy. He carried out a promise to punish Syria for gassing their own people. And when he did it, he killed 200 Russian military personnel. And he has condemned them for their incursions into neighboring countries. There were no silly reset buttons like Hillary did. There was no nutty talk of having more flexibility once the election is over, like Obama said. And there were no cute nicknames like Pooty Poot that President George W. Bush gave Putin when he said that he looked into his eyes and saw his soul. (laughs) President Trump was stung by the intelligence agencies who cooked up some phony dossiers that empowered other federal agencies to investigate him. Some of those agencies lied to Congress about it, then scrambled to allow any evidence to be destroyed that might have implicated his opponent or the previous president. The fact is, It was the previous president who knew there was Russian meddling and did nothing to stop it nor even warn the nation it was happening and whose intel agencies were the ones actively involved in covering up for the meddling. Look, our president isn't perfect, but I will gladly take the president we have who may not always say the nicest things in the nicest ways but who does the right things to protect America. (laughs) Well, my next guest is a true son of the Hoosier State. He is a six-time congressman from Indiana. He's its former governor, and he's the current vice president of the United States. I spoke to Vice President Mike Pence recently on a variety of issues that he and the president have faced together. Here's that exclusive interview. seems like the president has dispatched you as a vice president on many occasions for running these major moments. And I'm I'm thinking about what happened in Israel. The President Mm -hmm. made the decision to move the embassy. Many Presidents had made the promise. He actually did it. But just before he got there, a few weeks before, you delivered a remarkable address on behalf of this administration to the Knesset that many people would never have, I, I think, imagined. There was clarity. It was pointed but you pointed out the unique relationship, and I think it set the table for the decision that the president ultimately uh, pulled the trigger on, and it was just a, a magnificent moment.
2: Well, I have to tell you how, you know, I'm, I'm proud every day to serve as vice president uh, to a president that keeps the promises that he's made to the American people. But when President Trump made that decision, unlike his predecessors, to actually follow through and, and keep his word, uh, to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and move the United States Embassy there, I don't know if I was ever more proud. Mm. I, mean, I, I believe that decision took moral courage by the president. There
1: was a lot of pressure for him not to do that, wasn't there?
2: I, I think uh, the, the pressure was overwhelmingly against mm. the president following through. He heard from leaders all over the world who called specifically urging him not to do that. Quite frankly, we understood a bit more why some of his predecessors had not followed through on their commitment, but you know, at, at the end of the day, he told the American people he was gonna do it. And if you look at the last 500 plus days where we've rebuilt our military, where we've cut taxes, rolled back regulations, where we've had America standing tall in the world again, this was just one more promise made promise kept, which in a very real sense I think is a way you can define this administration.
1: Mr. Vice President, the economic uptick in this country has been dramatic, the GDP up uh, well beyond 4%, lowest unemployment numbers among minorities in the history of the country.
2: How does this translate to an average American family? Well, I have to tell you, to, to travel around this country is, is to sense the optimism that Americans feel because of the policies that President Trump has been advancing in no small measure also to the credit of Republican majorities in the House and the Senate. I mean, the president made a commitment to roll back federal red tape. This president has cut more federal red tape in a year and a half than any president in American history. This president committed to unleash American energy. Keystone and Dakota pipelines um, it, you know, pulling the United States out of the Paris Climate Accord. We've unleashed a new era of energy innovation. And then, of course, we get to the end of the year where President Trump signed the largest tax cuts and tax reform in American history. And the way the economy has responded, even before all the tax cuts are fully in effect, I, I think speaks about the enthusiasm the American people feel for this vision. I mean, we. We, we literally have the, the lowest unemployment rate in this country in 50 years. To your point, and the President loves to say it, we have the lowest unemployment rates for African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans that have ever been recorded, and, and the lowest unemployment rate for women in this country in more than 20 years. But you know what, Mike, you know him well. <laughs> I mean, for all that we've accomplished, that's just what President Trump calls a good start. If you could just step back and say, there's
1: one accomplishment I think we've done that just soars above the other. Is there something that, that you can point to and say it is a hallmark of this administration?
2: It's actually hard for me to do <laughs> Why? because this president is so busy keeping the promises that he's made to the American people. I mean think about it. America is once again standing without apology as leader of the free world. If I had to pick just one, um, you know, as the, uh, as the proud father of a United States Marine, Um, I couldn't be more proud uh, to serve alongside a president who has stood so strongly with the men and women in uniform in this country. I mean, this president just negotiated with the Congress the largest increase in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan. He's been fighting for men and women who wore the uniform of the United States. The recent Choice Act for veterans and reforms and accountability that we've brought to the VA and legislation in the last year. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, rebuilding our military, restoring the arsenal democracy, standing with those who serve and who have served is a great source of pride for me.
1: Mr. Vice President, great to see you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for the exemplary service that you're giving to our country. God bless you. Delight to be with you.
2: Thank you. Mr. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah.
1: Our vice president is a family man who keeps the good of our country first and foremost. You can follow him at VP and at WhiteHouse.gov. All right, Keith, you know, we don't get the vice president every week, but I know we still have some pretty great guests coming up
0: you better believe it later in the show huck's hero avery moore hits the racetrack and later music legend charlie daniels is on it but first it's the sounds of the 60s when the buckingham's original lead singer dennis stefano performs it's all ahead on huckabee
1: Well, if you want to find out how California State Democratic Party leaders have moved so far to the left that Dianne Feinstein looks like a right winger to them, yes, that Dianne Feinstein. If you want to know more about that, visit MikeHuckabee.com. And if you're thinking, why did President Trump meet with Putin? And was it the disaster the media claims? You can read my deeper post game on the Trump-Putin meeting at MikeHuckabee.com. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter. At Gov, Mike Huckabee, you get a hearty dose of reality and humor on the day's events. Now, my next guest is the original voice of the 1960s sunshine pop band, The Buckinghams. He's gone on to write music for television and create a great tribute tour to Bobby Darin. But right now, it's time to go back to those summers of the mid-60s and the top ten on your radio. Here now to perform a medley of The Buckinghams' classic hits is Mr. Dennis Stefano.
3: If you don't love me, why don't you tell me instead of telling? dress When you feel like you wanna cry
1: Mr. Dennis Stefano, what a pleasure having you here. Thank you, my friend. Thank Thank you. you, Thank you, thank you. Dennis, does it give you a thrill? I mean, when you're singing those songs that all of us remember growing up to and the audience is getting into it and they're clapping and they're having a great time and it's bringing back so many terrific memories. What's happening inside of you when you see those faces light up out there?
3: I go right back to being 19 years old again, mm. uh, just with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. uh, the memories that the, the music we made brings to the audience hits me, too, at the same time. I, As I'm singing those songs and feeling the energy from the audience, I always feel like I'm going back and, and having that same kind of revolving memory, you know?
1: You came out of Chicago. A lot of bands did. Uh, the Buckinghams, I understand, recorded at Chess Records, yes. which is legendary in itself. Yes. But there's also a story that i have not heard until just recently, and that is that you stole from Terry Kath, the original lead guitar player well, from Chicago. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell us that? We've well, we we got a lot of police officers here, so if it involves theft, <laughs> we want to hear about Might it. Might as
3: well do it now. Uh, no, it was actually the keyboard player. Oh, the keyboard player. Keyboard player, player. yeah. he's a multi-instrumentalist, Marty Greb. Uh, he was playing with, uh, actually, Peter Sotera, who was the bass player in Yeah, Chicago. an
1: amazing bass yeah. player. And
3: the band that they were all in in Chicago was called The Exceptions, and they were probably the best band ever. I mean, they could play anything. Mm. And we used to go down and see them all the time and, and Rush Street. And one night, uh, the our drummer, uh, John Polis, who started the band, uh, and I we went and we saw Marty, we went, you know, we need a, a good keyboard player. Uh. So we're on a bar napkin, we wrote a contract. <laughs> and we said, you, Marty Greb, will become our the Buckinghams keyboard player. Sign here. And we put it on top of his piano. Oh wow! When they came back from their break, he said, uh, let's talk later. And he became our keyboard player.
1: And That's pretty cool. Well, it's great having you here. Yes. I want to say, Dennis is going to be back later to sing another classic song from the Buckinghams, be sure and visit DTSings.com for information on his concerts and music. That's DTSings.com. You can also follow him on Facebook at Dennis Stefano Sings. Now, our ever ready announcer Keith Bilbury is on deck to swing his bat at some of the things that we're going to be pitching next. Go ahead, Keith.
0: Oh, coming up next, meet the principal of the only high school in America that teaches motorsports. Then, human rights activist Dr. Bond Roberts tackles the crisis in Myanmar for Christians.
1: Have you ever just stayed awake at night dreaming that one day you'd be sitting on a camel in Israel? Okay, well, you could do that if you wanted to. And if you come with us to Israel for the greatest trip, you will discover what it is to ride on a camel. Maybe you've dreamed of more important things than riding on a camel. We do those too. I hope you'll come with us February 2019 for The Greatest Trip Ever. By the way, if you want more details, go to thegreatesttrip.com. That's thegreatesttrip.com. Well, it has been quite a unique week in the news. A baseball pitcher got his biggest win off the diamond. A man cut his fingernails, and 200,000 people are signed up to leave Earth. What in the world does that all have in common? Well, we've got the details in a segment that we call In In Case You Missed It. That little music tells me it's time to start. All right, first up, seems that that bastion of faith we know as England is not a big fan of hope. Franklin Graham advertised an upcoming gospel festival in the cities of Blackpool and Lancashire. Well, that is until those hoarders of consonants, the LGBTQ community, got their knickers in a knot over Graham's appearance. Two members of Parliament even urged the British government to investigate if Graham should be denied a visa. Hear, hear. That's the spirit of tolerance. Now, is this a hexit in the making? That would be a hope exit for the spineless and politically correct listening in. So what exactly did this controversial bus ad say? Did it insult the Queen? Did it say that Englishmen were actually American football fans? Did it declare coffee the official and favorite drink of the English people? Well, it should have after that whole Boston Harbor thing, but no, the sign simply said, a time for hope. That's it. That vile hate speech got Franklin Graham and the Festival of Hope censored. I wonder what would have happened if British Christians had wanted an LGBTQ sign removed because it was offensive to them. We'll never know. Well, after 19 years in America and 321 saves as a relief pitcher, Fernando Rodney became a U.S. citizen this week, and it was the Minnesota Twins that got the save. The Dominican Republic-born Rodney had a ball game, but he needed to leave early to catch a flight to Miami in order to become a U.S. citizen. So manager Paul Molitor lent his support by pitching him in the fifth inning rather than the ninth so he could make it to his immigration hearing on time. Rodney recognized this momentous event on Instagram, saying in part, After 19 years in this wonderful country, today I am blessed to say that I am an official U.S. citizen. Today I fly the American flag. In my heart, I'll always hold the Dominican flag, but I'm an American citizen. And Fernando Rodney got his greatest win as he pledged allegiance and was declared a citizen of the United States. Congratulations to you and all who become U.S. citizens. All right, this next story comes from our fingernail file. It's the story of, well, this is just bizarre. His name is Sharid R. Shalal from Poon, India. That in itself is a mouthful. While not the typical news to set the nail salon world on fire, Mr. Chalal rocked the keratin crowd because he hadn't clipped those puppies for 66 years. A ceremony was held at Ripley, believe it or not, in Times Square to declaw Mr. Chalal and then put those fingernails on display. By the way, it took a rotary tool to cut those nails. It was right out of better homes and manicures. So why did he wait so long to trim his nails? He says that when he was 14, he was scolded for breaking his teacher's fingernail. Shalal decided to demonstrate commitment and grow out his own nails, but only on his left hand, keeping his right hand nails trimmed. A true example of not letting the left hand know what the right hand was grooming. (laughs) Now, he was a photographer shooting pictures. Shooting pictures with a special camera, I'm sure it was. And I'm sure his peers would look at those shots and remark, he nailed it. <laughs> As he grew older, Mr. Shalal said the nails became a problem on windy days. And I would imagine that gloves would not have been perfect fits for his left hand either. But in the end, Ripley's paid him to clip those claws and put them on display. And on the bright side, being a man, he never had to buy nail polish for those babies. How about that? (laughs) Finally tonight, Russian scientist Igor Ashur Bailey is celebrating his post as the head of the state of Asgardia, a kind of space arc or space nation for humans to flee the earth. He has 200,000 people signed up already, 85% of the men. Ladies, this could be trouble. Over the next 25 years, they plan to flesh out their government, establish a bank and introduce a national currency. And when they're through, the Asgardians expect to gain acceptance from all of Earth's nations and spark a new era of infinite expansion and bliss. Now, what planet do Igor and these people truly live on? Oh, that's right, they're still on Earth. That is at least until that infinite expansion and bliss kick in. I want to say there's 200,000 people signed up. I've got a list of several I'd like to add to their list. Well, live long and prosper, my intergalactic friends, and let's hope Guardia doesn't fail to get off the ground. Well, aren't you glad we read the news so you don't have to? You bet you are. All right, my next guest knows the thrill and the terror of speeding 140 miles an hour into a corner. NASCAR driver, you say? Nay, says I. He is, in fact, the principal of Palm Charter High School, a high school focused on professional motorsports. Our Huck's hero tonight isn't afraid to put the pedal to the metal.
4: My name's Avery Moore. I am the principal of Palm Charter High School. Palm is like different than any other school I have ever worked in. We have motorsports technology, we have auto collision technology, we have welding of
2: media arts. He's not afraid to run into a burning building and fix a situation. He knows that he might be this kid's last chance to fix that.
5: It's definitely weird seeing your principal like in a race car. He's very inspiring
6: because not only does he help you, but he motivates you. Public school just doesn't give that feeling away that there's a purpose to be there. We learn how to work on the cars, how to set it up, how to scale it, and just have to make sure it's race-ready.
2: I think people come to Mr. Moore as an inspiration, but he can also lay down the law. It's giving these kids a different appreciation for somebody in an administrative role like that.
4: It's been a unique situation that I believe I'm capitalizing on the things I do well but uh, I want everybody to be a part of it be a piece of this because it's not just about me it's about a team effort that's why we call ourselves team palm racing so that we can bring in everybody can feel what it's like to kind of do what I'm doing.
1: Now, that is what you call a high school principal who leads by example. Believe it or not, he only started racing about a year ago. Would you please welcome our Huck's hero principal, Avery Moore. Avery, great having you here. Thank you. you are the only high school in all of America that does something like this. You're giving these students an opportunity to learn all the aspects of motorsports. Avery, when these kids get into the program, what are their career options that that they may have as a result of getting into this program at such a young age?
4: Well, we, we really want to develop um, the student for anything and everything, just to be honest with you. I mean, we, we have a, a strong academic program, strong vocational program. I'm a big believer in accountability and responsibility to develop the kid. But our kids, we want the, if they want to choose to go be an engineer, or be a doctor. We have strong academics that can push them into a four-year program. Our vocational program was like none other. Uh, we want them to go get a first or second year advanced degrees in vocational programs. But our kids are getting, um, you know, work in welding.
6: Mm-hmm. They're getting
4: work in auto collision shops. Uh, we've got a kid that's working for a racing team uh, now. So we're really just exposing them to real jobs early in life so they can make a career choice not waiting until they're 30 or 25 or 21. They're beginning to make those choices when they're 13 or 14 years of age.
1: And it's pretty neat if a kid says, you know, I was in this program and now I want to be a doctor, then he can say, I can take out your gallbladder I can change your tire. Just tell me what you need. Right. Fix your carburetor, your heart, do it all. Uh, for you personally, what's the joy?
4: I- I'm just lucky that I've finished my 20th year in public education. Mm. I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. And to be a part of something so unique, that I can not only help and put my fingerprints on, but also go back and be a student myself and walk into a motorsports tech class and sit there next to a 10th grader. And as they're learning about stagger or camber or whatever it is, I'm learning the same thing. And then I get out there in a car and and try to show what I've learned in class. And really, it's just an unreal experience that I hope public education takes notice of and say, hey, this is what we should be doing.
1: It's so exciting to see innovations like this going on in public education and giving these students an opportunity to do something that is something they want to do and they're passionate about. Avery, what a great, great concept. That's why you are our Huck's hero this week. thank you. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. If you've got a student who wants this type of education or you want to keep track of this amazing school and their Palm Charter racing team, you can visit palmsc.org. That's palmsc.org. Keith, start your engine and tell us what's down the road.
0: I would be glad to. Up
1: next, a reverend rebel with a cause, saving
0: Christian lives in Myanmar. Plus, the legendary Charlie Daniels and another classic hit from the 60s by Dennis Tufano. Huckabee continues right after this.
1: Like Cambodia and Pol Pot's ruthless destruction of his own people, there is a terrible crisis taking place in Myanmar. And the world needs to know. Here's a short background on a growing genocide.
6: It's recorded in history that the Buddha once said All tremble at violence, all fear death. Putting oneself in the place of another, one should not kill nor cause another to kill. Yet today, Burmese military units that used violence and persecution to chase over 700,000 Muslims from current-day Myanmar into Bangladesh refugee camps now have a new target—Christians. The state of Kachin has seen more than 60 churches bombed or burned out since 2017. If you are not Buddhist in Myanmar, you are marked for removal or destruction. The question remains, what will the rest of the world and fellow believers do in this time that threatens the genocide of Christians in the nation of Burma?
1: Joining us to help unmask this growing tragedy in Myanmar is the pastor of Northwood Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and a member of the Faith Coalition to Stop Genocide in Burma. Please welcome Dr. Bob Roberts, Jr. Dr. Roberts, good
5: to have you with me. Thank you very much.
1: Now you and I are all dressed up tonight. We look like we could be in church, but you're spending a lot of your time halfway around the world with people who are anything but dressed up. What's happening over there?
5: It's bad. Uh, What we've seen happen with the Rohingya Muslims, uh, where there's been close to a million now in the refugee camps that I've been to, I've seen firsthand, I've heard the stories. It's now starting in the Kachin State. Uh, I was able to get there. It's not easy to get there for many reasons, but I was able to get in and visit. And the first thing they asked me was, Bob, we're the American Christians. Weren't they speaking out for us? I didn't know this, Governor, but uh, these are the spiritual descendants of Adonair Judson who went there in the mm. 1830s. And uh, they're, they're Christians, 95% of the state, and believe it or not, they're Baptists. What, what are the horrors that are happening? Because we don't hear anything about this, nothing. I mean, I hear some from
1: uh, Franklin Graham's organization, sure. Samaritan's Purse with the Rohingyas. But for the most part, I'm not hearing
5: anything you're not hearing it because it's inaccessible. It's near impossible to get there. They're bordered by China on one side, uh, the Kachin, uh, Burma on the other, and India to the north. They're isolated, and there's a million and a half that are there. So it's hard to get to. Uh, the Burmese government uh, handles the communication, so it's tough to get there. When I got in, though, what I saw broke my heart. Over 150,000 that we can count refugees, IDPs, Mm -hmm. Uh, and every Baptist church, I don't care if it's 50 or 200 people, has between 400 and 2000 refugees living right there on the property. The concerning thing about this is if you looked at a map like you had on on, on, uh, your program Mm -hmm. coming in, they started at the edges of India and China and they've now destroyed 450 villages, towns, and they're pushing the people towards the center of the state where the capital is. Well, they're all in the Baptist churches, so they're easy
1: prey. But this is a genocide, and the American media has been absolutely absent. And maybe it's because they can't get there. Maybe there are other reasons. But there's a slaughter
5: going on. It is. I met people who were raped. I met people who lost loved ones. I met pastors who didn't have churches anymore. They bombed or burned 60 churches. There have been, in the last year, 500 military clashes— 450 helicopter gunships, uh, jets. When I was there, you could hear them flying over. Uh, the, this is going on right now, and now's the time to stop it.
1: In, in a simple word,
5: why are they the targets? What, what is the, what's the end game here? for the Two things, ethnic cleansing and religious freedom. Ethnic cleansing, because they're not part of the Barma, just like the Rohingya, uh-huh. and the second thing is religion. You have to understand, all of life is built around the center of that town, which in every town is a church. And so that's why. And so they're trying to destroy the ethnicity. They do that through destroying the religion. It's connected hand in hand. One of the sad things we found out was the 33rd and 99 battalions that were in the Rican state have now been relocated to this state. So you have soldiers that have literally been trained in genocide, rape, mort, murder, torture, throwing babies alive in the fire. I mean, I talked to people who, who saw their children physically dismembered in front of them. And so oh they, they, need, they need help. And we can help them. President Obama... Uh, when Aung San Suu Kyi came into uh, p- uh, power, he thought that things had changed. And so against the advice, frankly, of many people, uh, he lifted all the sanctions. And that, w- that was like free-for-all for them. Uh, the good news is the, Senate, the uh, Congress has passed a bill. So has the Senate, a bipartisan, without prejudice bill. But Mitch McConnell will not uh, bring it to the floor. And he's friends with Aung San Suu Kyi. And so the idea is that that uh, hopefully uh, she's going to do something and he wants to keep her in power. But the problem with that is you have thousands of people now that are being slaughtered and, w- and we can't ignore it.
1: Well, it sounds like that one of the things we need to do is to put pressure on the majority leader, Mitch McConnell. What other things, I mean, our audience is, is aghast at what's happening both here in the studio and at home.
5: What can they do? Okay, number one, uh, call your Congressman and Senator. I'm grateful for Vice President Pence. He's as good as we've ever had in dealing with Christians that are persecuted. Nikki Haley is speaking out. Mm. So make sure the congressmen and the senators know. That's number one. Uh, Number two, you can give money to the Kachin Baptist Convention. They just outlawed uh, the Burmese government, their ability to help the Kachin people. These are the only people that can get in there. So it's one of those places. It's not where churches can show up. Even Franklin Graham would have Mm. a tough time getting in there. And so I think financially just to help them out you can do that uh through a multiplicity of ways it's easy to get to
1: well bob thank you for sharing with us it's not yeah. a pleasant topic it's not, it's not fun but we need to know about this and it's a, a horror story being played out in real life and if you want to learn more or volunteer your time your prayers of course your finances to help the kachin christians go to glocal.net to learn how that's glocal.net it's on your screen Keith, tell us what's on deck for our next segment.
2: I would love to.
0: Next, music legend Charlie Daniels shares his love for Americans veterans. Then, Dennis Stefano returns to sing on Huckabee.
1: Well, we thought we'd take a few questions from the audience and see if I've got the right stuff to answer them. Keith, have you got some folks out there with some questions? Well, let me see if I can find a good...
7: I, I, yes.
1: What's your name?
7: Excuse me, my name, my name is XOXO. I'm from Buck, Snort, Tennessee. And I do not have a question, I have a country, and Western statement to make. Hey, listen, I know you're busy. <laughs> yes, you, ma'am, anything if you want? you can want? please just bring this I got up here I with got
0: you. it, I got Yeah, you go
7: right okay. ahead. all right, you know uh, what? Let me
0: stop, get it.
7: Uh, I, I would just kick myself in the butt for not taking this opportunity. <laughs> right here, right now. Excuse We're in
0: Nashville, aren't we? Um, yeah.
7: <laughs> yes, excuse me.
0: Is it the right height uh, and everything?
7: Well, okay. yes, I guess so. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is XOXO. Um, sir, if you don't mind, just when I nod my head, you can just push play for me. This, it, is, my, it,
1: this is not like your question or this anything. This is my like
7: country that. and western debut, whether you like it or not. Uh, Here we go. This so, is my bio-identical um, song I wrote all about myself. It's called Sparkle and Twang. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Sparkle and twang, sparkle and twang You can see me coming in my blang, blang, blang In my rhinestone boots I pick my guitar strings Yeah, country and western's all I sang, sang, sang Sparkle and twang, sparkle, sparkle and, twang. and twang. When everybody sees me, they say hot dang. In my leopard zebra, zebra sequin gold blum by. Yeah, X-O-X-O, baby, that's my name. I'm going to play a little guitar. I'm not as good as you, though. and twang. If you haven't heard about me, it's the same, same, shame. Sparkling Western, it's all I sang, sang, sang. Yeah, X-O-X-O, baby, that's my name. Yeah. X-O-X-O, baby, that's my name. Yeah. What's my name? Yeah, X-O-X-O, baby. That's my name.
1: Mixer-Rexo! Get it right! <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. You know what? Keith, do you know? You uh, he got me. Let me tell you I'm out of here.
7: Huh? I, am, I am so excited to be making my country and western debut on the Sean Hannity Show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just... No, no, darling. Uh, I'm not Sean Hannity. That's a different show, different network. Who are you? I'm I'm just some guy that ran for president. No.
7: You don't have small hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm so embarrassed. I I cannot believe I've I've just...
1: Have a seat. Literally,
7: I I just... (laughs) Your daughter... Yes. Is like Wonder Woman in Washington. She is... (laughs) I wish I had her confidence.
5: She's
1: a good kid.
7: I wish I had her confidence. You know what? Kellyanne Conway Twitty rocks my world.
1: (laughs) No, that's not my daughter. My daughter is named Sarah, not Kellyanne Conway Twitty.
7: Never heard of her. Yeah. Never heard of her. Anyhow, you know what? Are you sure
1: you're in the right place?
7: I have no earthly idea, but I can tell you right now, I almost didn't make it here tonight. Why's that? I had a little problem. I was weed-eating around the trailer, and my little dog, Fallopia, She was walking around me, and I whacked her tail right down to the butt. Make yourself at home. Well, (laughs) that wasn't too comfortable. I'm going to do this one. Okay. And so um, what happened was I wrapped her up in some Viva paper towels. I rushed her down to Walmart. I stood in the customer service line for what what seemed like hours. And, And the manager, he came up to me. He said, man, what are you doing here? We are not a veterinarian. I told him I was going to turn him into the Better Business Bureau. And why is that? For false advertisement. For what? They claim to be the world's leading retailer. (laughs) (laughs) You know?
1: Well, look, uh, (coughs) i Lawsuit. By the way, you know what? What do you call this outfit, anyway?
7: What what do I call my outfit? Yeah. Like, this is ranch dressing. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're a good-looking man. You're I, much I cuter that. up close. Thank Here's you. Is it all right if I call you Gubby? <laughs> I've
1: been called worse.
7: <laughs> I bet you have. I
1: have.
7: You know, um, it's one of these things that um, I'm, t- I'm trying to take uh, this, this music thing seriously. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Do you write your own songs? Oh um, yes. Do you?
7: Yes, I do. I uh, I wrote, produced, I collected all these songs and. You can find my masterpieces at xoxocountry.com if anyone's interested. But I'll autograph Well, that I'm sure they
1: me. will be. Yeah. I'm sure they will be.
7: Yeah. If you don't mind, I'm going to have to do something. I've got some peanuts in here for some protein. <laughs> I, get, I get low blood sugar. It's you know, called. a lot of people
1: uh, would carry a purse, just so you, you know. know.
7: It's <laughs> called um, hypogloss. Uh, Hypoglostochondriac, I think is what it's called. So I'm gonna have some peanuts, you know? Hey. Eat a couple. You, you know what? What's that? Be quite honest with you. What's that? You look like you're getting low blood sugar <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> I'm having a lot of things going on in me Here. right now, darling. You need, you
7: need to eat some peanuts. <laughs> you think it'll help me? You think it'll help me? Yeah, I think so. I'm oh sure. boy. It helps everything. Are, they, are
1: these safe?
7: Well, sure they're safe. I've already sucked all the chocolate off. <laughs>
1: I need security. Please help me. Really? Yeah, security. Please. Hey, Darnold. Thanks for coming. It's been so good. You think I'm important?
6: That's security.
1: Well, we want to thank our security team for wrapping up that surprise appearance by Ms. XOXO. Oh, I'll never eat peanuts again. (laughs) Turning from the ridiculous to the sublime, Juan Garcia recently attended a special event for veterans at Middle Tennessee State, hosted by a man that we all know and love. No, it's not anyone connected to Ms. XOXO. I'm talking about the legend, Charlie Daniels. It was the commemoration of the Charlie and Hazel Daniels Veterans and Military Family Center.
6: Throughout the years, Charlie Daniels has shown his love and support for our nation's veterans. And at the inaugural veteran impact celebration, his passion is clearly evident. The event raised support and awareness for Middle Tennessee State University's Daniels Center. A place carefully designed to respond to the challenges of transition and to assist with the successful integration of military-connected students and their families into the university and ultimately the community.
8: Only two things protect America the grace of God to the United States military. Uh, without them, there is no us.
6: The evening in Murfreesboro, Tennessee highlighted the corporate and community leaders who have generously supported and invested in the Daniel Center at MTSU.
8: We have teleconferencing, we have job placement, we have medical help. We have any kind we can do to help a, help veterans adjust back into civilian life. But the main thing is, they can go to the center and, and be with some people, some like-minded people who understand what they have been through. I think that's as big a part of it as anything.
6: At the end of the night, Charlie awarded the center with a check for $100,000.
8: We can never, ever do enough for, for our folks who fight our wars, whether they're on active duty, whether they're veterans, whatever war they're in, whatever uniform they wore. They put their lives on the line for us because of their bravery and because of their dedication to this nation. The least that we can do, the very least that we can do is try to take care of every need they have when they come back. I feel we're doing the work that the Lord would approve of.
1: Charlie Daniels is one of the most incredible human beings ever. Just an incredible human being. And the Daniels Center is an amazing facility for MTSU student veterans. If you want to find out more about the program and its services, visit the Middle Tennessee website by way of the address on the screen. Keith, I know you know and love Charlie like we all do, but why don't you tell us? how we're gonna wrap this show up with a very big finish. I've got it.
0: Hey, baby, they're playing our song. Next with Dennis Stefano as he returns to sing right here on Huckabee.
1: Here now to sing to Buckingham's 1967 smash hit, Hey, baby, they're playing our song, Dennis Stefano.
3: It's the one that made you fall in love with me together where we belong pleasure memories are coming back to me
1: Fantastic, Dennis. Thank Thank you you so very, very much. And we want to say thanks to Vice President Mike Pence, Charlie Daniels, Dr. Bob Roberts Jr., Principal Avery Moore, and, of course, this wonderful man, Dennis Stefano, for just bringing back some great memories. There were people in the audience who were up dancing because they must have been hearing their song. Be sure and join us next week. we got Senator Tim Scott, Congressman Trey Gowdy, actress Janine Turner, and singer Chris Golden. Big show coming up. Don't miss it. Until then, good night, God bless, and have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us.